0: Atmosphere
1: is changing now for the spirit of.
0: to take that lightly. That prepared among us was a couple that was sent to a place that has no complete expression of Christ. And I'm telling you, it's not there. I know the area. I've talked with people that are around them. I've talked with them about what's going on. And there's no complete expression of the body of Christ there, except right here. And that's that's heavy, but God used us So that we could send them. So what do we do? We send, we pray, and we give, and we realize every day that we as a local body are part of this. And that's one of the reasons that, that we commit to this. And I hope you're relating this to, to the works in Mexico and the works along the border and, and other works too and the works in this region because every time that we release some part of us somewhere, we have the responsibility. When I lay hands on somebody to pray for them, I then have the responsibility of praying for them and of watching their life and seeing if there's any way that I can help. I, it's not just the bless you and go. It's by laying hands on them, I have a responsibility. By laying hands on Damon and Jackie and sending them, as a house of God, we have a responsibility to pray for them. To pray for them. To pray for them and to give and to, and to see how best we can give, whether it's by sending people or whatever it is. And it puts us through our own process. Because we begin to, uh, God begins to help us to see that, that what we're a part of is bigger than who we are. And we begin to realize that as I stretch it a little bit, I can be more apart and more apart. And sometimes it's by praying, sometimes it's it's by giving, sometimes it's by going, whatever. But when we put it, when we're all put through the process, the thing to remember is it's together. And Damon and Jackie, you had no way of knowing this except that us saying so. But when you guys let us know that you're going through it. This group prays. I mean, you start seeing the, the private uh, church side, the prayer site, light up. Because people are holding you up before God. Your suffering is their suffering and your victory is their victory. Happening every time. And I... I watched that and I'm pleased because it says that people are getting it. But I want to tell you something that, that really in, in our modern day, we, we don't hear people say this much, but in your area, you're the center of God's universe because you think of what's happening around there and, and it's called church. And I'll tell you, I've, I've done the research, I know, I've talked to the people that there's no church leaders there that are just out there except these two. There, what happens is there's a there's kind of a hunkering down. We call it in Oklahoma that happens. It, just that the storms of life comes at them so strong, and they've been. And I'm not talking about Damon and Jackie now. I'm talking about church leaders. They've been they've been raised up in a in a culture that has hammered them, and, and the 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 culture around them says that they're supposed to be prosperous and and successful, and and they're not. And so they wind up just hunkering down because in their mind they're failure. And they're buying into that failure and they're living a life of a failure. Not, not trying, not reaching out there. Just trying to live until it dies. You know, I talked to a lady in, on in years recently and I heard her say to another person, I'm just kind of here till I die. Hey, that's the way a lot of churches are around. They've, just, they've tried to have the prosperity doctrine. They've tried to have the faith doctrine. They've tried to make it work. It didn't work and now they're just hunkering down until they die the same 20 people, the same 10 people, the same five people, and then close the doors and let the building rot because the organization won't give the building to anybody. It's the way it is, isn't it? Now, God gives us the blessing of having life among us in church. If you think we don't have life among us, you need to do some visiting. <laughs> if you're gone the next couple of weeks, I'll just figure that's where you're going. But <laughs> you should go with me some, and then see what Do you realize what a blessing it is to have a worship team that engages and prays and, and asks God about it, and then comes in having prayed and brings us from where we are up to a level of worship that you can just sense the presence? Do you realize what a blessing that is? If you go with me some, you find out what a blessing that is, because find out what it's like. To be handed a microphone and the the service up to that point has been deader than a fence post. And you got to figure out how do we lift this up By, by exhortation, by manifestation, by something? How do we lift this thing up because we got a corpse here? But God's faithful. I'm just saying that sometimes we don't realize the blessing, but because we have this, God is. God has enabled us to send forth the best that we have because it's the best that he has for, the, for that situation up there. And I'll tell you something further. The minute they made up their mind that they would return someday to the reservations in the north country, and they made up their mind before they ever left that someday they would return. The minute they made up their mind, the spiritual atmosphere on Fort Berthold changed because God knew that's where they would go. Damon didn't, he was declaring quite the opposite. I think Jackie had a suspicion they might, but she wasn't saying it very loud because Damon was declaring something else. That might not be true, I don't know. But everything changed there because God goes previous to us and begins to work and to prepare what is before us and then we have to go live in it. And I'm telling you, when God begins to deal with a person or with a group of people, it gets rough for a while because they get miserable. Oh, when the presence of God comes, it's such a blessing. It's miserable if you're refusing to hear, if you're refusing to move, if you're refusing to go His direction. It's a miserable place to be in the presence of God. Now, I want to go through a process of Scripture here. And yes, I'm going to take the time I need this morning. And Jackie's going to take the time she needs. And we'll see what Damon does. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Having the rights, hear me, the same rights as Jesus had as he walked the earth. Joint heirs with Christ. You guys have got that where you are why because you heard God and in spite of your own personal desires you went to a place you weren't sure you wanted to go to be with a people you weren't even sure you liked but now God's put a love in your heart and I hear it out of you when I hear you talk about you are led by the spirit of God therefore you're the son and the daughter of God now verse 19 for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. That's what's happening in your life up there. there. All around that area is people that are in anxiety and agitation. And they don't even know what they want. But they're waiting for you to be revealed more and more and more as a son and a daughter of Almighty God. And that's what's drawing people to you. It's the rough elements that's coming. It always is, isn't it? It's the ones that people say, oh, they're coming to church? Really? That's what's coming. I love that because if they have the capacity to go 100% into the realm of darkness, then they have the capacity to come 100% into the realm of God. How do I know? Because I was one of those. And I'm telling you that it's not a hard transition once you begin to see it and people are seeing the revelation of what's on them and it's beginning to happen. But there is around them the striving, the groaning, the anxious longing. Now look at verse 20. For creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Now I'm telling you if there's ever an area that has been experiencing, for many years, futility. It's some of those areas. Because it's almost like they're winning. Now now they've got an education. Now they've stuck oil. Now they've got an income. And now we're going to be somebody. And then they get there, and they realize that in their own mind, they're not somebody. They're grasshoppers in their own eyes. And so then it don't work, and the futility of life begins to surround them. It begins to express itself in in all kinds of ways. And they can talk about that if they want or not talk about it if they want. But that's what begins to happen. And this really means that creation, what God has created there, what He's been working in there, is now because of the pressure of God, it's longing, it's reaching, it, it can't wait. And God allowed all that to happen because He had a hope in Him that you guys would say yes hope. Now, I'm not going to read this, but in Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, it talks about, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I want you to understand that power has two parts. Power is for the miraculous, yes, but it's also for endurance. And Matthew 28, when he, when he says, I'm, I'm going to send you, I, I want, I'm going to send you to the nations. When you look at all of the reflections of that word nations, the major overriding one is people of substance, people that's already having something happening in their life, people that's already got some level of success happening that shows they have a work ethic. I'm going to send you among those people, and that's right where you guys are. Among people that you're, they're producing, they're doing something, they're helping, they're working. He puts you there. He sent you there so that you could immerse them. Now, this is, you don't have to have the scripture to prove your water baptism doctrine. He put you there so that you could immerse them in the character of Christ. So that through your day-to-day life, they could see the character of Christ coming out. And they, they would be just, they would have it surrounding them. Everywhere they look, there you are. And they turn the corner and they try to duck back because there's Jackie or there's Damon. And they, they just don't know what it is, but they, they're agitated when they're around what? It's God's preparing them for you to reach them. And folks, this is what mission looks like. There's successful business in place. So that those who are doing that business can be one to God and He'll set their lives in order and they'll begin to help and they'll begin to produce it right there. There's abundance available if we as a local body see our part and get on board. And that's why that you know, some people say, Well, why do you always go to offering? It's because I don't know if you've noticed, but money is kind of the way that the culture moves. I mean it, you People say, well, I can do it without money, can you? Um, not very well. And that's the way it works. And, and they have, Damon and Jackie, really need a building. They need one that they control. Yes, the tribe would have built them a building, but it became apparent very quickly that it wouldn't have been a building for them. It would be a building where they could receive a call on Saturday night and say, oh, by the way, we forgot to tell you, but we're using the building tomorrow. they're experiencing that over and over again buildings in oil countries not cheap they need a building damon is working jackie's working figuring out how it can work and how they can make it happen and i'm telling you god has a plan but when you get to matthew 28 when he says go and make disciples of all nations what's your that's the graduation ceremony of the disciples and Damon, you follow through Matthew, there's no, there's never been any group on earth more readily trained in miracles and signs and wonders and releasing the power of God than those 12 men. You've got that. You've got the ability to release that. But the thing that nobody wants to push on is the endurance. That when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they received power so they could get through to the manifestation. So they could get through to the miraculous. And sometimes the miracle is in the getting through. Now, I'm going to talk for a few minutes about suffering. Another topic greatly ignored by me and others. Because it just doesn't fit in modern charismatic doctrine. But let's make it fit this morning. First of all, I want to tell you what it means to suffer First of all, just let me say you suffer according to culture. Some people make the mistake of of putting suffering alongside of sickness, and it's really not the same thing. Let me tell you, it's the opposite of being free from the effects of evil. To suffer is the opposite of being free from the effects of evil. In other words, some of the parts that you live up there is completely opposite from the freedom that you would find in a place that had been sufficiently evangelized. Because evil is still uh, rampant. I'm telling you it's being overcome because God's getting under and starting to cut the roots. He's starting to do some things there. So it's the opposite of free from the effects of evil. It's to voluntarily experience the power of that same evil as we strive to overcome it. And it's Christ in us suffering to free a people from their own ways. Why did Christ suffer to free a people, to free a world? Why do we suffer to free sometimes ourselves? And sometimes to free a world. Now let me give you some scriptures. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 5 and 7. And I'm going to switch some words here that won't hurt. I'm going to change ours to yours. But it doesn't hurt the scripture. For just as the sufferings of Christ have been yours in abundance. And you guys have done some suffering in the years you've been there. So also your comfort is abundant through Christ. Verse 7, and our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as we are sharers in your suffering, so also are you sharers in our comfort. And I'm not saying we have the best, but I'm telling you, you're building what we have here. And by the time you get there, we're going to have more of the comfort, of the expression of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, a very familiar scripture, usually passed by very quickly so that that, uh, we don't have to preach on it. That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. In other words, that price that is necessary to win a people, Part of the longing of my heart becomes to know Him in His suffering. Know Him and suffer right alongside Him knowing that there's a glory to come. Colossians chapter 1 verse 24 Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of His body which is the church in filling up that which is lacking in Christ and His afflictions. Damon and Jackie, I've never heard anybody here say this. And I wouldn't listen to it 10 seconds if they did. Nobody's saying that God has brought all of this on you because of something you're doing wrong. But what I'm declaring right now is some of the stuff you've gone through is to adjust and to mature and to fill up in your own lives that which is necessary for you to minister to a people that had been so generationally lost and there's all kinds of worldly substitutes that has come their way that they thought was hope and went through the process and it wasn't hope they were hammered out by another god another another whatever, another spirit, another, even Paul said, another Christ, another, another manifestation of an anointing. But now God is letting you guys get hammered out, so that in among all of that, you can start to bubble up as the anointing of the Almighty God came in coming to rescue people. Heavy load, but that's the way I see it in the scriptures, that's mission. God has a great commission, but we must submit to the process so that we can have our part in that mission. Jackie, whatever you have to share.
1: Well, I I like what Glenn was talking about. Um, And that kind of brought up a scripture for me which says, greater love has no man than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. And that's what we're called to do as Christian people. We lay down our life for our friends. That's what love is, and that's what Jesus came for, to love the people and to love each other. Greater love has no man or woman than this, than that they lay down their life for their friends. And we've had to lay down our life time and time and time again. But that's how God comes into us and shares the love that he has for the people through us that we lay down our life for our friends. And who are our friends? Anybody we come across. Anybody that comes to our path. Greater love. Ask for God's greater love in your life, and he'll give you a mission. He'll give you something to do. But I'm going to read Psalm 40. It says, everybody probably knows it, maybe not, but I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works, which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourself know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me, for innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up, for they are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. Be pleased O Lord to deliver me O Lord make haste to help me let me be ashamed and brought let them be ashamed and and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me aha aha uh-huh. let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you let such as love your salvation say continually the Lord be magnified But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. This is an awesome psalm, and I'm not going to go through all of it. But when it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, sometimes we do need to wait patiently for God. And sometimes that's a hard thing to do. You wait, and you wait, and you wait. You wait patiently for Him to do something. But when He does it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be grand. It's going to be it's going to be so glorious that you won't even be able to withhold it within yourself. When I was driving to work one day, Damon asked me to share this, but I was driving to work one day and, and uh, I was going to, almost getting to the bridge. I go across the bridge to get to the other side of the um, lake. And God starts speaking to me and he starts showing me things. And you know when God's speaking to you because it's, it's such an overwhelming presence and he starts speaking to me, he sp- start telling me, he said, he said look over th- this place, he said. He said, I'm going to be doing some awesome things here, I'm going to be doing some great things. Some things you don't even know, you haven't seen yet. He said, I'm going to go forth and I'm going I'm to draw people to me, he said. He said, it's going to be a great thing. You think it's going to be great. But when you think of my greatness, it's going to be greater. He said, I'm going to open doors that no man can shut. And I'm going to shut doors that no man can open. And he said, I'm going to take care of that witch. Because there's a lady on the reservation who is into Indian religion. And that's what they practice. They practice putting curses on people and things like that. He said, I'm going to take care of her. And the other one, too, he said, and I know who exactly who he's talking about. He said, "You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid because I'm with you guys, and I'm opening doors." He said, "And these doors are going to open, and it's going to be so awesome." And when I, when he was telling me this, I can't even explain it to you when I'm t- telling you right now when he, what he was telling me and showing me, because it was so great. It was so clean and pure. It was a pure, of, pure uh, love of God that's going to go to the people there and show them who he really is. And it's going to be good. And I, I, I could share more, but I think Damon needs to come up and, and uh, finish up. <laughs> but, but God did speak to me more than that one time, and I just don't have time to share it right now.
2: Well, amen. It's good to be here. One of the things I really like to share is that we know more than even just words that we have a church here that's behind us and prays for us Uh, time and time again, and we've run into really hard things. And you know, there's something amazing, right? There's a strength there that it's beyond us, and it's it's the Lord, but we know that there's people. Uh, I know even when we had that uh, time where we had Jackie was in the ambulance, and uh, honestly, uh, it looked like she was having a stroke or a heart attack. And uh, I was driving behind her and I was like, Lord, all I can do is trust you. I, I can't even pray in this moment. But in that moment, there was such an anointing in his strength. And by the time we got to the hospital, everything was done. Her blood pressure went back to normal. I mean, when it, when she, when it first happened, her hands were gnarled up. She was, her arms were seizing up. She's in so much pain, she's almost passing out. And it went from that to well, we think you might just have a little bit of an indigestion problem because we can't figure out what it is. And we talked about three or four different doctors and three or four different doctors have three or four different possibilities, but they really don't know. Here's what I know is I know our God is faithful. I know our God is faithful. And I know that when it talks about things like the commission, it's a co-mission, and it's, it's really like a co-op. And I work for a big co-op. And, and what a co-op is is a is made up of many people, and everybody benefits from that co-op, and they all work together towards building a co-op. And really, the commission is about working together as God's people, what building His co-op, His body. And there's something about it that, that when you do it, there's, there's a place, and sometimes, I mean, there's times we do this in weakness and in pain. Uh, there's sometimes, uh, and, and there's a part where sometimes, you know, if you just drag your body along, Long enough, it will get in line. (laughs) You know, we we give our our bodies too much credit sometimes. Wouldn't it be nice nice if we rule our bodies and it wasn't the other way around? It's possible, Uh, but you know, there's a place where, where there's there's always his benefits that come. There's always his benefits that come. You know, I've been through. I know one's been praying. I went through a weight loss surgery deal. I've lost seventy seven pounds praise God. Uh, I'll lose some more yet, praise God. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Uh, God's with us in every facet of everything, every step. And even in the weak times, it, and what I find out that it's amazing is that, that it's as we're there, there's a co-op there. And a lot of times we think, well, I've got to do so much of my part for God to start being faithful. No, God has already been faithful. He already is faithful he will be faithful and there's something about that that we understand that we're saved by grace and that that not of ourself but under you need to understand that grace is more than just for salvation we're healed by grace not of ourself there's a he brings us into a faith that that works that that grace works through faith but but it's that it's not of ourself it comes from him there's people who have been getting saved up there and it's been awesome but you know what? That's not because me and Jackie are so great. It's because God comes and he's so great in the middle of it. You know, we're watching one's come and, and touching his grace. We, we recently had one deal, and, which is amazing to me because uh, at, at her Jackie's work, she met a young man that used to come to our Sunday school in Devil's Lake, which is the other side of North Dakota, when he's about eight or nine, somewhere around there. He was a little shyster. Him and his sisters, they were just little terrors. Yeah, But uh, he came, and and he talked to Jackie, and he's looking at going into treatment, and he he talked to Jackie and said, can you and Damon please come to my dad's house and pray for me because I'm dealing with demonic things in my life. I want to get my heart right with Jesus. I want to serve him. And uh, I was so sick that day. uh, We went home, and Jackie says, I don't think we can make it tonight. He says, that's okay. We can make it tomorrow. And so we did, and Man, they were ready for us, and, and the, the crazy deal is, is uh, um, this young man. As I begin to talk to him, he's he's a young evangelist. I, I've run into more. Uh, have Have anybody ever noticed? And this is, if if no one take offense, although I am good at offending people when I want to. Um, how we understand there's some parts of the body that are a little weird, at times, but they're they're crucial. I when you, when we first started ministry, started dealing with young prophets. I'm like these guys are wound tighter than eight day clock. They need to calm down and get focused. You know They're like that new puppy that just goes crazy and you're like, you, you gotta get some grip in your life. Evangelists are another one. They're different. And, and honestly, if, if, as you pray for the North Dakota, pray that we learn how to deal with evangelists because I've got five or six young men that we're dealing with and they're, they're young evangelists and they're strange they're strange they, they don't well here and here's what if you notice in the in the word the bible says things like uh when it talks about the body it says if i if i say i'm an eye and i'm not part of the body does that make me not part of the body and then it says if i say because i'm a foot here's what's interesting to me is that that there's depth in god and you know what is the eye i, I really think the eye has a lot to do with the prophetic myself and the foot has a lot to do with what the evangelist they're, they're what, my feet are sod with the preparation of the gospel. You know, I, I, just, I just begin to look at it like that. And those two have the hardest time. <laughs> having a good time there today, yes. Getting great feedback. But those two have the hardest time as just being settled in the body of Christ and helping grow the body of Christ. And so I'm really praying and looking at that. But anyways, we went to this young guy's house. And man, he was like... He was dressed in a suit. He was ready to get saved. You know, he was... <laughs> he was ready. You know, I just... Uh, and he looks the same, too, as he was when he's 10. Now he's just older. I thought it was crazy. His sister was there. His sister is a born-again believer, and she was just... It was so good to see her again. She was in our Sunday school. Um, they brought a friend who's another young evangelist that I just sat... I, I had the most wonderful time talking to those boys. And begin to... Because you just... It, it's like... A young prophet, you can stir them up, and they really get hopping. You can do that with evangelists too. You just stir them up a little bit. They just they get they get wound up, and we just had a great time. But anyways, he gave his heart to the Lord and and really had a time to minister to the family. And another amazing part to that deal was that um, his dad was also the man that beat my brother-in-law to death years back. And we got to sit in his house. And we got to eat with them talk about how good god is man he's a changed man he's been through prison he's he's out he's even done things with with uh, our mother-in-law where they, i think they've mended some fences there but i'm watching a man with his life changed and he's like i'm so glad you came today to help my boy when we prayed in that room god showed up and afterwards i talked to him he says i have felt such a presence of god come in this place He said when we begin to pray God showed up and he says you're welcome at my house anytime you want to come you just come out and visit me visit my wife come on out anytime you want we would just love to have the fellowship and just to watch God do it you know what we were doing nothing we were just living (laughs) we were living life listen this is how God works we were just walking and living life we're going to work I worked uh, anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day Jackie works a pretty demanding job we're working. We're going home. I'm making it through recovery, making it through surgery. You know, kind of end of the day, I'm done. You know, I'm, 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 I, I first when Glenn started talking about that, I'm like, I don't know what that's like. I'm knowing what that's like a little bit. <laughs> end of the day, I'm done. I run out of words. I run out of energy. But you know what? God's still moving. God's still working. And it's not us just going out and seeking people. It's people coming and finding us. I've had, had phone calls. I had a nephew call me. Or actually, he's a, he's, he was married to our niece. Won't say three words to me hardly ever <clears throat> his whole life. He's out of treatment. He's been sober three months. He called me and he says, I need to talk to you because I had a dream and I think God's dealing with me in my life. I've given my heart to Jesus and I really want to talk to somebody. And he's talking about starting to come to church. We just had that happen and, and out of nowhere. And I got off the phone and Jackie said, who is that? I said, Elmer, is it? Elmer called you? How does he even have your number? (laughs) You know, usually Elmer kind of ducks me. He's one of the ones that ducks and and runs. But you know, the thing is, is that God's ready to move. And there's people who are ready to receive. And it's just walking with Him. Part of that co-op deal, part of that that commission or co-mission is just walking with Him every day. God, what do you want to do today? How do you want to do this today? You know, uh, there's, there's some things, and, and there's things that, amazingly enough, that even through weakness and other things, God just still shows up, and he's still God. You know, we have men all through our church. Uh, we, have, we had like five, we had five or six in-laws there that were brother-in-laws, and we had the chairman come through, or not chairman, but a councilman come through at the end of our service because he had a birthday party after we did in the same place. And when he came in the building, he just stopped, and he looked around, and he's like, what are these guys doing in church because no one would ever pick these these guys out these six guys and say these guys will be in church they they pick these six guys out and they said they've been crazy wild partiers their whole life but here they are sitting in church and they're born again and they're loving Jesus and God's bringing something strong into their life step by step day by day you know I I wish uh, sometime it'd be nice to bring a couple with us down here and just cut them loose See what they do. Uh, I tell you, I got a brother-in-law. We Jackie had him. Jackie's good at putting people on the spot, and she gets away with it better than anybody I know up there. And she just like, "Hey, uh, Blaine, why don't you t- come up and tell us how good God is?" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> he got up there. He preached better than I did. I mean, honestly, I should have just not even tried. He got up there and he started talking about how much God changed his life. And how the love of Jesus invaded him and, and how that he used to be a wild man and now he's in a place where he's serving the Lord and he's finding peace every day and he's, he's finding the glory of God in his life and, and it, it, just the whole place was just the presence of God showed up and he's like, and we're not, and here's him too, he, I don't really push, we, don't, we haven't been pushing a lot of things as far as seeing how big we can get right away. We've been just walking. And he's, he's like, we're not gonna quit having church because it's coming. It's going to be more and more. He said, I know what." He said, I know it inside me that, that God's going to continue to build this step by step. We're going to see our nephews and nieces in here. We're going to see our kids in here. We're going to see our relatives in here. We're going to see people all around to start to come into this place. All we're going to do is keep on coming and we're going to keep on serving God. That's what we're going to do. You know, and I'm like, man. And he's a new Christian too. He's not, I mean, he ain't got tons of years on him, but he just, it's just seeing what God is doing and then knowing that Uh, Even though as we're there, we get to be part of it. You know, we get to see it step by step. See, there's there's a part of the thing about a co-op deal is that uh, I'm learning more about the co-op world, uh, even everything. The co-op deal that I'm part of is, actually, it's a multi-billion dollar co-op. It's huge. It's humongous. They own trains and elevators and stores and C-stores and truck stops and you name it. Um, But... What I'm finding out is that when the co-op does bad, everybody does bad. That when part of, one part of it hurts, every part of it hurts. And I'm finding this, and this is really, this, that idea of a co-mission and being joint heirs, that whole thing about being, being meshed together as a body, as members, yet still being one, uh, there's something about that deal is that when one hurts, we all hurt. You know, when one has something going on, we're all praying for them. Why? because they're part of our body. Um, I don't think we've had been part of any church in the history of us doing church that we feel more part of than this church uh, because we've been family. And there's ones that uh, know that there's times that uh, when I go through the week, there are different ones that come to mind and I'll just start praying for them because God just puts them on my mind. God help them this week, whatever's going on, give them strength, touch their body, touch whatever they need to be touched God, just give them what they need today. Why? Because it's part of a co-op. And that co-mission that we have in, in God's kingdom and, and just want to encourage ones today is, is don't, don't sell yourself short of being part of His mission field because we're... Here, here was the mission field of Christ. He gave up the glory of heaven to live among men. For 30 years He lived among men. Without just a resounding preaching. That's a long time for a preacher not to preach, Glenn. For 30 years, he gave up his glory, he gave up his reputation, he became of, uh, of ill repute, he gave up the worship, he gave up all those different things. What? Just to walk among men, to grow up next to that little rotten kid that's in every group that's mean to everybody. You know, to go through the hard things, but yet he walked with God. And there came a time where things began to shift, and don't get discouraged because wherever we're at, whether it be the place we work, the place we live, God has us there for a reason, and that reason is to what? To walk with Him and to walk among people. And there's a place that as we begin to touch Him, something begins to happen. And sometimes we always think it has to be just miraculous. It's not. There's times that, that, that even, I know when Jackie works in a place at a chemical addiction uh, place now, and she's looking at getting her uh, chemical addiction license. They're going to send her, have her finish up some schooling. Um, but Jackie being there constantly is just getting to talk to people, pray with people. Can you, can you meet us later and come pray with us? <laughs> can, you, you know, can you remember some things? Can I have some time? And, and listen, something begins to happen. You know, at work, I run into different ones who will sit and talk once in a while. When they're having a hard time, they'll come over, and I, I don't know why. But I do. But sometimes that day, I'm like, I don't know why you come to talk to me. I don't feel good. I'm tired. I'm trying to make it through my day. But sometimes they just need to hear a little bit of something about God. They need a little bit of encouragement. And when it comes, and, and there's a place where God has just given favor. He gives favor in everything that, that's going on. But some of that is is that listen there's a there's a place where god will give all of us favor in our life in different areas just don't count him out and part of that favor sometimes having favor not favor it just depends on whether we count god out or not if i don't believe god will ever help me in that area of my life he'll probably stay out of that area of my life see how do you know that why because there's a place that is grace what through faith there's somewhere where I have to believe what God believes. There's somewhere where I have to go along with what God says. There's somewhere where, in these times that, that uh, even when I, was, I, I deal when I was falling to with Jackie, I, I had I had nothing where I could pray about, and I was like, God, all I can do is trust you, because I don't know nothing else. I just trust that everything's going to be okay. That's all I've got, and if it's not, I, all I got is to trust you. All I got, because I know that you didn't just call us for nothing. I know you didn't bring us up here for for things just to fall apart. I know that you're the the God who's working something, and we're part of that just walking with you. I don't have to worry about these things. And see, but what happens is, is the enemy always comes and tries to bring fear and things and shut it down. You're never going to be effective in your workplace. Hey, we got to get past that and say, I believe God can do it. God put me in my workplace for a reason. And it wasn't just to work. Although I do a lot of work, it wasn't just to work. You know, there are places that through, through that, through the two of their counties up there is like about three or four counties down here. It's just really spread out. I'm getting to know people everywhere through those counties. I'm getting to know main guys who are like big monster farmers. I'm getting to know the head of oil things. They'll call me by name and if they're around, they want to meet, they want to sit down and visit. And, you know, I'm sometimes like, God, why are you doing that? He's like, because that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, all right. You know, <laughs> See, sometimes we like the whole blueprint. But here's God's blueprint, is that my people allow me to be God in their life. This is the, the co-mission. Let me be partners with you in your workplace. Let me be partners with you out in the, in the town that you live in. Let me be partners with you in your family. Let me be partners with you in these things. Because when he begins to be those partners, all of a sudden, things begin to happen and open up. And then all of a sudden, God is like, hey, I found this shit guy who's twisted up, and he thinks he's got a devil, and he needs to get saved, and I'm bringing him to you. Go pray for him. And you're like, wow, I didn't have to work on that one, you know? Just went to the house, and and just, I mean, it was probably one of the best evenings we've had. It was just like, oh, God showed up, you know, and just just watched it and began to just have fun and, and listen and, and was so refreshed and, uh, and just to see what God can do. When I look back years before, I didn't think he could, but I'm watching him do it. I never thought I'd be with, him, with a guy who, who uh, killed my brother-in-law. And I never thought I would view him as a brother in Christ. And I never thought, I'm, I, I mean, we're going we're gonna to know each other more as we go along. There's something real on the inside of that man that is a great strength. You know, there's something that God has redeemed on the inside of him, that he is, he's something in the kingdom. I don't know what yet, but I know he's something, you know, and so I just want to encourage ones and, and thank ones for being part of, of what we're doing, and thank you for your prayers, and, and we need them. We need them. It, it's a battleground at times. There are sometimes I have no doubt in my mind that some of the things we're going through is just a supernatural deal. But you know what? Our, our God's still greater, isn't He? Our God's still greater. And He leads us and He guides us. He doesn't fail us. He never forsakes us. He keeps us. He's a good God. You know, and the truth is in every one of our lives, He's a good God. We just I'm going to just want to encourage ones, just open up God for the possibilities, for the co-mission that He has for your life. Because He has a mission. And it's a good one. You know, there, there's something about it. Part of me losing weight, I'll tell you, part of it is is that I begin to understand some things about um, making my life a little bit longer. Um, just with this weight loss deal, I'll add 10 years on my life easy. I mean, just, you don't see guys who are just in their 90s who are super big men. You just don't do it. I don't mind being a big man, big man you know, but there comes a point um, but now here's the thing, I sat down with a friend of mine, and I was, I, I was talking to him about, about it, and he was, he's bigger than I am, which not many people were, really. Um, and I said, you know, here's a, here's a reality. Uh, in your life, wherever you go, you're a leader, and you affect everybody in your life. And I said, for that life to be cut short hurts the kingdom, it don't help it. I said, somewhere you're meant to affect lives for many more years than you will unless something changes. And we're great friends. I mean, we talked straight. We've been friends for years. They were part of one of the first churches we started. And uh, listen, there's something about, understand, our lives affect His kingdom if we allow Him and open up the possibility. I don't care how hard things have been. I don't care if you broke your leg. I don't care if you end up in the hospital all the time. I don't care what happens I don't care how good it feels I don't care what the past has been See, the the devil tries to keep us bound up with the past and and that that thing about where Glenn talked about preachers up there there are so many pastors I know that basically they hide in their church with fear real fear I've talked to a couple and I have scared them just being myself because it freaks them out because they're scared to death they got to go back in their church and they got to hide there. And, and, and I, I know one, one preacher, if I go to his door and knock, he will not answer because he is scared to death. And it should not be that way. What has happened is, is that he's had experiences in his life. He's been beat up in his life. And he shut the possibility of actually this commission with God. And he said, I'm going to settle for what I have until I die. And one day I'll be in heaven and it'll all be better when I'm in heaven. But I'm going to settle for what I have until I die. I'll settle for my little building. I'll settle for my couple people, I'll settle for these things. I'll settle for just my family and not reaching out to anybody new. Hey, if we're not going to reach no one new, we're not in the, we're not in the commission with God. Amen? We should be reaching somebody new, because here's the reality. The reality is, is that there are hundreds of people in our town of Kirksville who are desperate and dying today, that if they could touch the presence of Jesus it would change everything in their life. And it's walking with God saying, God, I'm part of this with you. I'm joint heirs with you. You lead me. You guide me. You show me. God's given me times where I've been been sitting there with one guy out separate from everybody and God will set it up and all of a sudden I'll start talking to him, and they'll start asking me about the Lord. And it's a divine moment, what? To begin to take the kingdom of heaven and begin to bring it into someone and begin to show them what it is. It begins to touch them and they'll go away, but then they'll come back again later and there'll be more questions later. What's happening? God is setting it up. He, he, He sets my appointment, I just show up. See, we've made the gospel into something hard, but it's not something hard. You're saying, God, I believe you can do this. I believe you can do this. If you're in school or college, Hey, there's a world for a mess of messed up people out there <laughs> who need Jesus. Just the professors sometimes need Jesus. You know But it's somewhere we begin to open up that door of possibility, and you know, as Christ came on Christmas, what he laid down his life, He laid down his life, gave up the glory of heaven. what? So that he could begin his mission. And then as we're part of him, we begin to be part of his mission to reach those who need to be reached, to love those who need to be loved, to encourage those who need to be encouraged. I, I'm convinced that as we walk with him, there'll be people who are on the outside who will touch. There'll be people on the, that are coming in will touch. There'll be people in the house will be touching, but we should be touching all kinds of people. Why? Because our God is touched. He wants to touch every one of them. He doesn't want to leave nobody out. Even the person we think is unreachable, God wants to reach him. I met one of I sat at one, I had supper with one of those men that I thought was unreachable. He's a born-again believer serving Jesus. And I found such a peace with him in there. I, it, was, it was just good it wasn't it, Jack. It was amazing. It was amazing. You know what, as, a, as I finish here, let's just pray. You know, there, there's something about about that. And and I I, I am so grateful to be part of this church and that you guys walk with us and we need it. We all need each other, you know, but don't ever resign yourself to think that God's not able to walk with you in this mission of his gospel being spread to the world. Don't ever think that there's anything blocking you. You're having a bad day. So what? My God is bigger than my bad day. I have a bad health. God's bigger than my bad health. I got some really bad bills. He's bigger than my bad bills. You know, God's still greater. Lord, I thank you today. I thank you that, God, you're greater than everything that we go through, God, and that, that in the midst of you walking with us, it seems like you pick us up and carry us in moments, but at the same time, you're calling us to be joint heirs with you, God. It's like in the same breath, God, where we're at times we feel in weakness, that you come alongside and you just lift us up and say, "Be joint heirs with me. Let's work this mission together. Let's begin to spread this news to others. Let's begin to encourage others." God, I pray that that you just begin to work that without and throughout your body, Lord God, person by person. God, I pray that every person that struggles with things that have been blocking them, God, that you begin to let your grace and faith come in. Lord, if it's things that they've, they've been bound up on the inside, let, let that grace and faith come in and let freedom come in, God. Let us be who you called us to be, Lord God. Let us be not, not just some title or, or some great position, God, but let's just be your people every day, everywhere we go, God. Let us be what you want us to be. Lord, you're so good to us, Lord, and we thank you and we praise you today. God, there's no one like you in all this earth. God, there's no one who saves us. There's no one who redeems us. There's no one who picks us up every day except you. And Lord, we worship you today. We thank you today. Lord, I thank you for coming. I thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for what you're doing today, and I thank you for, for what I see happening in your kingdom all over the place, Lord God. or just be God in us. Walk with us. Help us to walk with you. And Lord, we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: Well, I was afraid that as I talked about what God was doing there, that it might mess up Damon and Jackie. Now, as they talk about what God's doing there, it's kind of messed me up. Thanks. <laughs> I was listening to the thing about the witches that you were encountering and remembering those days when they were trying to cast spells on us and there's some funny stories around that but but we won't take time to do that but it never works it just doesn't work going to cast an evil spell on God's people come on hallelujah we're going to give you an opportunity to give in just a moment but without pushing it I just want to speak prophetically what God was speaking to me about the two of you for now. He was taking me back to Ezekiel as Ezekiel looked out, basically over a cemetery, over a valley of dry bones. At the time he first looked, the bones weren't even together, but the first sign was a shaking and a trembling and just the bones began to have a vibration. and then. They began to come together, and then you began to see something develop, and then before too long they were standing up. But there was two parts to what God told Ezekiel to do. God said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And God, and Ezekiel said, hmm, God, you know I don't. And first thing he said was prophesy to the bones. Start saying to the bones what God is doing, and you guys have been doing that. But the next thing he said was now prophesy to the wind. And I'm telling you, when he began to prophesy through the Spirit of God, prophesy to the wind, bring it forth, call it forth, something began to happen, and I think you guys are getting to that time. Where you're going to be calling out to the Spirit of God to move on these dead and see miraculous things begin to happen. You know it's not for the big testimony that you can go around. We know it's not for that. It's to save a nation, a native nation that's largely unsaved. And those that call themselves saved don't yet know what it is to be truly saved, delivered, and healed. And you're bringing that. Hallelujah. What a a responsibility. Not, Not, oh, look at these big spiritual people, but what a responsibility for God to say, okay, what comes to this nation now, I'm going to use you to bring it. Man, I want to go up and play sometime. I can just tell you that. Now, as you're thinking about what you will give and preparing to give, Damon and I have been talking about some things and it's, it's it's hazy now. But Damon is talking about the building that we built up there, helped them build. We didn't build it. He and Jackie completed it. But that building, what if we were to do that about four times that size? And what if we were able to do it incrementally. And we've already been talking to some people that we know, and we've already got part of people saying, well, we know some people that'll come and do this part. I know some people that'll come and do this part. I know some people that'll come and do this part. But it's all going to cost money. So I'm thinking that God's putting a seed in us that He's going to bring to fruition. And I think the big thing right now is you to figure out how big you want to start with. (laughs) You know, what can, what, what will facilitate and what can you take to three services on Sunday before you have to build again? And that, that's the big question. So be thinking about it. And in the meantime, we want to plant a seed that will be a seed that will grow and grow and grow. We know we can't build a building, but we also know we can be a part.